Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, uh, June the 11th. And welcome to our commentary. Welcome to our weekly chat with our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez from South Texas. George, welcome. It's always great to have you. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yes. Well, George, are you working on some kind of a conspiracy, sending some of that San Antonio heat to Texas or to <laughs> Dallas? Because we're in the high 90s today. Are you sending yeah. that up or what? It, it's climate change. I've got a good buddy of mine that's in Los Angeles. He just sent me a note or a picture of um, the gas prices at, at, uh, at uh, a uh, gas station, seven thirty nine. So I know California is doing everything to keep to keep uh, people from from uh, using gasoline. Right, uh, but, but the is, irony uh, in California is you have. In California, the irony in California is you have no choice but to use a car <laughs> because the only alternatives would be, well, there's that train in San Francisco, but that's not very safe lately. And then well, I think there I may think be. It barely, goes in, it barely goes 30 miles because they never finished it. Yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, that's a real problem. Yes. Well, George, just a quick thing here on this day in history. I wanted to mention this up front. On this day in 1990, Nolan Ryan got his no-hitter number six, and I've got a little story about it because, you know, I was watching the game. The game was in Oakland, so it started here 9 or 9.30, I don't remember, but at least 9 o'clock. And I'm sitting there, you know, watching the game, and, you know, it's in the fourth inning. I must have gone to sleep, and the next morning I wake up, and I listen to the radio, and I find out he's thrown a no-hitter, number six. So... That's uh, that's my memory of it. Uh, of course, he would he would go on to throw another no hitter number seven in 1991. So the amazing Nolan Ryan, who uh, I assume is having a wonderful retirement somewhere around Houston. I think that's where he's from. He's from Alvin, Texas, which is I think around Houston, uh, George. Yeah, when I was the director in Houston, uh, I used to play in a in a uh, softball league. And uh, we played a game in Alabama, and they called themselves the, the mosquito cattle of the world. I found out why. I found out why. I was playing in uh, Fairfield, and I, I loved to get a blood to the mosquitoes that night. Mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's humid in, in that part of the state, to say the least. Well, <laughs> yeah, th- there's a lot of stories to get into this week, some of our na- national stories. Let's begin with the Trump indictment, because that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, and here's my position on that, George. Yes, there is no question. I, I do believe that President Trump made some mistakes in how he handled these documents. Maybe he made some assumptions that were incorrect about the documents or how much authority he had. 
to handle them. But that and an indictment are like, you know, millions of miles apart. And I think what they should have done is they should have done a report on his documents, a report on the on the Biden documents, and then sent to Congress a report that said, look, we got some problems here. We got some confusion. You guys wrote the law back in 1978. Revisit the law. Make some changes so that it's clear from now on. In other words, that's what, George, that's what somebody interested in resolving the problem would do. But these guys were out to indict Trump for a long time, and this was just an excuse, George. It is. It is. I mean, um, nothing. I mean, the, the irony is that nothing to date has been done about um, Hillary Clinton and her computers, and uh, certainly nothing is being done at this point that we can see uh, as far as uh, uh, the Bidens and their and and um, their uh, uh, work with uh, foreign countries like uh, Ukraine and, and and China. I mean, it is just it, it is just so obvious that they were after or they they are after trump um everybody they were everybody loved him before he ran for president before he got involved in politics everybody right. loved him uh pictures with him all over the place and then all of a sudden the minute that he um he announced that he was going to run for president and the minute that he went to the border because i think that that was one of the ones that really started the ball rolling downhill that he would stood at the border and he said that that there was a crisis and that uh, we had to resolve it uh, I mean, since then, the media and 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 the uh, liberal establishment has just been after him const constantly. Right. No, I agree. I, th I think there's been a campaign to get him. Uh, I think this Russia thing, for example, that we spent three years arguing about, turned out to be completely false. And you had literally... And it was proven to be, but nobody's gone to jail over that. Nobody has been right. inside about it. I mean, you had the FBI... Uh, submitting a, a FISA report or request Correct. based on, on a politicized document. So, I mean, there were some things that were real bad. And to now turn around and indict President Trump to send him to jail for the next 300 years, that's what the indictment, if accepted in full, would, would do. I mean, how many years are you going to send Hillary Clinton to jail then? Exactly. If exactly. we use this standard or, or Biden. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm willing to accept that Trump made some mistakes in the documents, George, but at least as president, he had access to some of these documents or could have kept some of them, as other presidents have. But Hillary Clinton didn't have any access to these documents or any right to documents, and less uh, a vice president Biden. And yet, and look at the way they're being treated, George. During an investigation. She destroyed them during an investigation. I mean... Uh, you know, Biden, I, I mean, uh, Trump kept them and they found them. But, uh, you know, Hillary destroyed during an investigation. I mean, if that is not willful hiding of evidence, I don't know what is. Right. Well, I always felt that when Comey gave her the pass, that I think they assumed in, in the Obama administration that Hillary was going to win. Yes. And then after her victory, she would take care of all these people who basically, you know, protected her. That's what I think uh, they were thinking. And that's how they were willing to play along and just give her a pass. But, you know, not only was she uh, running things with a private server, but, George, she was also using a private email. And yes. she and President Obama were actually communicating 
with a private email, which is you worked in the White House. I, were, were there emails when you were there? I don't remember, but no. I'm sure there were communications. Yeah. But there was communication. Yeah. And, and any kind of official communication, any kind of, of, of communication with an official had to be logged. Right. And this is the headache that, that, that we've got is that, um, you know, the, um, the basic tenets of, of, of having a transparent operation went out the window. Right. I mean, all these, all these safeguards are so that if something goes wrong, you can go back and track and trace and find out whatever. If it is a personal call to a, from one official to another official, you know, let's go fishing, let's do this, uh, it is still tracked not by subject or was tracked not by subject, but by fact that you did communicate with the person. Right. So that way you can come back and say, okay, on such and such a day, you guys communicated. What was that about? Right, and, 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 and also for the security of the president and his family, you don't want the president communicating with people outside of, of, the, you know, of the formal channels. Correct. Because uh, especially nowadays, you know, they can hack a computer and, and they can hack a server. Especially with a foreign agent. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's right. So, I mean, you could have, uh, uh, you know, you, you could be talking to the president of the United States and exposing his location or whatever and bring potentially a threat to the, the president and his family. That is why we have, you know, channels of communication that are protected, at least guarded by the federal government. You know, I had a friend of mine, a Cuban friend of mine, and I think you'll relate to this story. Uh, a Cuban friend of mine who got into a pretty good position, he worked in several departments, but he retired, I think, in, in the civil rights division of one of the agencies in, in Washington. So he had a, you know, a pretty high level job in the federal bureaucracy. And he said to me one time, because I asked him about this during the Hillary Clinton scandal, uh, I said to him, what would have happened to you? If you were using a private email to communicate or to do your business or, uh, you know, to do your business, he said, I would have been fired. Exactly. Especially if you're using, if you're using a computer that belongs to the government. I mean, even that, that within itself, you're using a government uh, computer to carry out private, uh, I mean, that, that is, that is so outrageous. It is just so outrageous. And then you destroy it. Right. Exactly. No, you're, you're exactly right. And she got away with it. She completely got away with it. I think all of us remember, George, that press conference that Director Comey gave, or not press conference, where he made that statement, public statement, where, you know, he went one by one enumerating all of the violations of all of the rules that Hillary Clinton had right. committed. One by one, he went. I was, George, I happened to be in the car, in my car, driving uh, from a couple of appointments, and I listened to most of it in the car. And then when I got to my appointment, I parked the car and I waited to hear the end of it. And I said to myself, this woman is going to jail for a thousand years. Yes. For everything uh -huh. that he was enumerating. Little did you know. Yeah. And then, of course, we find out that he takes it upon himself to say, well, no prosecutor would process him. But first of all, the director of FBI doesn't have that authority to to do that. That's not his job. So, look, I, I, I'm not, again, I want to make sure that it's clear. I understand that Trump may have made some mistakes, and that's fine. I accept that. But 
to have an indictment, I think, is so over the top. And it's going to divide the country even more, George. That's yeah. what I fear. That's it what is. I, fear. I mean, well, it already has. I mean, the talk shows this morning were all about uh, the miscarriage of justice, the, the uh, difference in justice. And uh, I think that, you know, uh, to a large degree, that's been the direction that some of the leftists have wanted to go with this. Certainly some radical uh, writers for uh, the, the news, uh, like on MSNBC, have really, really this morning just uh, wanted to vilify uh, Trump to the point of almost, uh, you know, a, a, a political... Uh, hanging, but they never say anything, never say anything about the Russiagate hoax and about the uh, the destroyed laptops. Or, I mean, all of that. And that really, really plays uh, into into dividing the country. That's right. Well, the other thing they don't say anything about is the fact that Mr. Biden also has a document problem. Yes. You know, I don't hear that anywhere. And that's why I said at the beginning that I think it would have made a lot more sense uh, to show more fairness if they had waited to do both reports. Yes. In other words, if they had waited for both reports and then said, look, you know, we found some problems here. And you know, they can enumerate them. That's fine. We got some problems. And we're sending this to the Congress and let the Congress revisit this 1978 law and, and see what... Uh, what was wrong? What was wrong or maybe what improvements they could make. Another reality too, George, is that that law from 1978, look, in 1978, we were still faxing things Correct. to people. Oh, actually, I don't even know if we were faxing in 78. We I had little we, envelopes. I remember we, there were, because uh, I had been an, an intern in Washington my first time in, in, in 76 or in right. 75, and we had some brown envelopes that you would put the documents in and you would over or you would walk them over to a uh, to another office that was our faxing that was our email right and then you also had telex uh, i remember there was a telex machine yeah. that was very popular in businesses telex to communicate i remember i lived in and worked in mexico in the early 1980s and we would communicate with the home office we would send uh you know not documents so much but information by telex and the telex was sort of like a fax machine uh that operated a little bit like uh like the you know it was a little different but it yeah, was ticker tape yeah a ticker tape right really so it operated like that so my point is that the the rules of communication have changed so much since 19 since 1978 uh that back then all we had was just pure paper uh that's all we had now you have digital information now right. you have other things. And so maybe it's not a bad idea if the Congress would revisit that right. law and, and at least amend it or change it so that there's no confusion. In other words, I'm willing to, yeah, I'm willing to say, George, that some mistakes were made, and that's fine. I'm willing to say some mistakes were made by, by President Trump and by President Biden. Okay, fine, let's fix the problem. But the indictment, I cannot accept that, George. Under we no have gone, gone over the top, and it is uh, uh, it, it is the weaponization of justice. Right. And we have, um, you know, we've made things, we've made matters worse. We have. I think the indictment has blown this thing way, way out of proportion. A couple of other national stories that I wanted to touch on, George. 
the Chinese are apparently uh, setting up uh, a base in Cuba. Uh, the objective of the base is to spy on the United States. That's apparently the objective. And, uh, you know, didn't we have a balloon? You were telling me before yeah. the show started. We have didn't two we have of a balloon? them that we know of. Two of yeah. them. There were, there were others, but at least two of them that we know that floated over, to, over the United States and uh, gathered information. Gathered information. That's right. And now we're, we're, we're just going to sit there, I guess, and let the Chinese set up this operation uh, in Cuba. Now, the White House, you knew this was going to happen, George. The White House came out today and said, well, that happened under Trump. What else do you expect them yeah, to right, say? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it happened under Trump. I guess what they're trying to say is that the Chinese had plans to do this in 2019. Well, okay, maybe they did. Uh, and maybe it did start under Trump. I'm not going to deny that. But Trump is not the president. He is. Correct. Okay, so he's the one who needs to do something about it now, George. Well, again, I mean, the uh, the situation that we've got is that Biden is looking very, very weak on the international stage. This is a common theme that we are seeing over and over again, whether it's with the Russians, whether it's with the Chinese, whether it's with the uh, Arabs, uh, you know, whether it's economics or politics, geo, uh, economics or geopolitics. He looks weak. And uh, the um, the the enemies of America are taking advantage of it. Right. We have seen the situation of uh, Iranians now visiting uh, Venezuela, then visiting Nicaragua. Um, you know, whatever happened to the Monroe Doctrine, uh, and maybe we need a new Monroe Doctrine to uh, to protect not only the uh, our our interests, our people, our country, but uh, certainly to protect uh, the Americas. This situation that we've got again, shows how weak, how really, really weak this president is. And, um, you know, whether, I mean, we, I've heard some, some folks uh, this morning, uh, this on the Sunday morning talk shows go as far as to say, well, uh, the Chinese have bought him off and this is what, uh, he's just looking the other way. I don't know. I don't know if this is, uh, if this is a uh, conspiracy or if this is, a, but the fact is that it's happening and it's dangerous for our country. And uh, the activities of the Chinese have certainly expanded, expanded under the Biden administration. I mean, tremendous. Uh, I'm not saying the Chinese weren't thinking about these things with Trump with president, but I think but they sort it. of they feared him a little bit. I think they understood that there would be consequences yeah. if they did these things. I just don't don't fear. I don't think they fear consequences. Now, I also think, George, that another problem that President uh, Biden is communicating something else he's physically communicating is I think there's a sense that he's not in charge. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. I mean, he does not look like a man. I mean, you could say whatever you want about Trump. You can hate him. You can love him. You can say whatever you want about Trump, good or bad. But everybody knew Trump because Trump appeared to be in charge. Right. And that was it. And Trump was in charge. You walked into that house, White House, you knew who was in charge. OK, you may not like him. That's fine. But you knew he was in charge. And that, of course, is not happening uh, at the moment with President Biden. One more, more quick thing about national news before we get to a couple of local stories. The, they had a celebration at the White House in the last day or so, celebrating this month. I guess this is Pride, Pride month. month. Yeah, Gay Pride Month. Yeah, Gay Pride Month. 
And uh, okay, so they're going to have a celebration. They're going over the board. Yeah. So they put the American flag and uh, I guess it's called rainbow flag. I don't know what it's called. They put them in the same level. And many people are complaining that that is a violation of the of the one of the statues that says that the American flag always has to be above anything else. Now I'm not 100% familiar with that statue, but are you are, are you aware of this? Uh, I mean about the American flag. Well, I mean I know I know from the ceremonies that I participated in, and and a couple of them that I had to even you know help organize when I worked in the railroad house, that the American flag is always at a special spot, and it is never never in a secondary never in a secondary place, regardless of who's visiting uh, the, uh, the White House, the, the, uh, the American flag was always front and center. Uh, we had the Pope. He has a flag that took secondary. He is a representative of God. <laughs> he was secondary. Uh, you know, we, uh, it, it, it is just mind boggling how disrespectful, and that is the only way that I can describe this, how disrespectful this administration is the people that work in it how respectful they are to anything that symbolizes america particularly the flag right this in my opinion is a is 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 a uh, a real uh slap at protocol for them to put the lgbtq plus flag uh in the middle and the american flags on the side right. it's just it is it, it is unspeakable, and if any of the listeners or viewers want to check this out, it I, one of the you know you can check it out on in social media because they they've been running a lot of these pictures, and there you have you know the White House, and you have the American flag right next to the other flag, and they're sharing the the limelight. I guess that's the the word, or, or they're sharing the well actually whatever. the picture. The picture that I saw had it in the middle, and it was flanked by American flags. Oh, okay. Which, so it's which is really, even worse. That's even, even worse. That's even worse. It's, yeah. it's on the portico of the White House. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That, that is and, really outrageous. But then again, you've got to remember that uh, under Obama, they uh, they lit up the White House pink uh, on one occasion. On another occasion, uh, they had it with rainbow uh, right. uh, lights. And uh, on those occasions, they did not fly the American flag, right. which in some ways was acceptable, but at the same time, it really, again, was disrespectful because it, it's the White House. Right. Well, and there are Marines who protect that White House. There are exactly. Marines there who are guards, and you're being disrespectful to, to the men and women who are buried uh, in that cemetery in Arlington, not too far away, who gave their life for the country. I mean, I just... It is to me. It's just very, uh, just more evidence of how disrespectful, how anti-American. Yes, that's it. it. It's an attack on values. It is that's an attack it. on values. That's exactly that. I think you said it beautifully. An attack on, on values, and 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 it's an insult, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, if they want to bring in a bunch of people and have a party, okay, that's fine. You know, you can't, you know, you cannot win every argument. But if you're gonna if you're gonna use the American flag, use it respectfully. Uh, and this this idea that the American flag is next to the LGBT I don't even know how many initials they have anymore, yeah. George. I mean, I've lost track. All the inclusion I mean, except for you and me. Yes, I mean it's there are more 
initials on their name than there are homosexuals in the United States. I'm convinced of that because they got more letters, L, G, B, T, and it's like crazy. But again, that's fine. They can have as many initials as they want to have. But please respect the American flag. I think that's all you can ask uh, of these people. A couple of quick things, George, uh, looking at uh, last week. It looks to me like the legislature, the state legislature, maybe they tried to do too much in the session in the session because they, they've been able to do some things but they're still fighting it out over property taxes and school choice uh they did pass the border policy they did pass the the law regarding uh the transgender kids and the you know the, the i guess grooming whatever they call that so they have they've had some successes but maybe they were trying to do too much in the time that they have so apparently they're coming back for a second session that's what i understand george Am I correct on that? Yes, they're coming back for a second session. The um, the governor has, has to put out, um, and I'm not sure if he has or hasn't, but the governor has to put out the agenda, the items that he specifically wants them to to address. Uh, if they come back to, se- to sec- the next session or to a second session, uh, they can't come back just to come back. They have to have uh, some marching orders. And among the marching orders are going to be the property tax issue and um, I, I think uh, something tightening up the border as well, something more tightening up the border. But the headache that we've got again is uh, it's, it's a political situation in the, um, in, in the House in the way that the Texas State House is set up uh, for governing, for electing the, um, the speaker. The speaker is elected by the entire, uh, uh, the enti- all, of the, all of the House members, which means that historically what has happened in the last 40 years is that the uh, speaker, the people that are running for speaker of the House will work with the Democrats to get elected. And uh, unfortunately what happens lately in the past 20, 30 years, what has happened is that the uh, the Democrats will have an agenda. They will demand the agenda, uh, and the uh, uh, the the speaker uh, will then go along with that. Plus a few Republicans, and so he constantly wins with some Republicans and all the Democrats. Right. And what we're having at this point is, you know, a lot of folks get very very upset because legislation gets di- dies in committee. And that is because committees, uh, some committees are chaired by Democrats. And uh, I mean, you know, if that's the case, well, then you know that a, a, a strong conservative Republican agenda is never going to happen. It's never mm-hmm. going to happen. You can talk yourself blue in the face. It's never going to get advanced because there will always be Democrat chairs of committees who are going to kill uh, conservative uh, uh, legislation. Yeah, I think they have to change that. I agree with you. They have to make it more realistic so that it reflects the majority party. I mean, right. otherwise, what's the point of having a majority? By the way, we just got a note here from our friend I am I am. He says he has not forgotten about the tacos, uh, George. <laughs> well, I'm waiting too. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I just wanted to put everybody on the same page that uh, George is ready for the tacos uh, anytime that that uh, that you are. And, and then one more, uh, one more issue, uh, the border itself. Oh, by the way, school choice is the other issue I think the governor yeah. 
also wants to bring up. I think with respect to school choice, I don't think the issue is so much opposition to school choice as it is how to design a plan. Correct. That that Republicans can agree to. Uh, the re- Republicans in the in the rural areas and Republicans in the urban areas. Uh, and I think they have to work that out, come up with some kind of an agreement where both sides are happy. I think they can do that in a new session where they won't have these distractions uh, going around. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that works. But I, I'm a strong supporter in school choice, and I think most people in Texas are too. And I would really like to see uh, school choice without without killing public education, but at least giving parents the opportunity to, to choose something else. Uh, Paxton, there's going to be a trial, and the senators are going to do a trial at the end of August. Uh, 19 Republicans, 12 Democrats. If all Democrats voted yes, then they could, uh, they would need, I guess, nine or 10 of the Republicans. They need two-thirds, yeah. They, need, they, they would need... Eight would be 20, which would be just a little shy of the two-thirds. So they would need 21 votes. They need 21. And it, so they would, get, they would need 12 Democrats plus nine. 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 Now, I'm going to make a crazy prediction. I, I think Paxton will survive. But I am also not convinced, uh, George, that all 12 Democrats are going to vote to indict or to convict them. And the reason for that is that I think a lot of – some of these Democrats in the Senate uh, do not want do, do not do not want to be removed. They would rather have the the voters do it. And I just think that I don't think they'll get all twelve. That's just my crazy prediction. That I most of them will, but I think there may be maybe one or two that sit back and say, no, let the voters figure this out. We we don't want to be changing or we don't want to be derailing what the voters did in the election. That's my prediction, George. It may be crazy, but that's I'm hoping that that's the case. Well, I know for a fact that, uh, at least from here in San Antonio, that uh, the Castro twins and Beto and uh, a few others have been have been working feverishly over time, over over time the past uh, uh, week to um, get all of the uh, Democrat senators to vote against him. They want him removed in the worst way. And uh, so we'll, you know, we'll see how many of them uh, get lock and step with the, with the Democrats. But, but the radical wing of the Democratic Party is after Paxton. In the right. Way. Okay, so then maybe I'll be wrong on that. But uh, if they get all 12, then they're going to need at least nine, I guess. Yeah, nine, yeah, it'll nine. depend on how many really believe, believe in, and follow uh, Beto. Well, also, but I, I think uh, I think there's a lot of Republicans too who I, I think they're going to be afraid. No, I just think that people are are afraid to reverse elections, which is what you would be doing when you yes. convict somebody. You're going to be reversing an election. So I I think what a lot of Republican senators are going to do is say, Hey, look, we heard the evidence. We may not like it, but let the voters figure it out, Correct. and let the voters in the next election ultimately let the voters do it. That's, that's right. That's right. That's no. right. One last issue, and that's the border. Uh, any any news from the border that you want to share with us this week? Uh, I will tell you that the border uh, has become, on the other side, has become increasingly more violent. Um, the um, the removal of Title Forty Two, we didn't uh, we we didn't see the expected tsunami. However, we didn't see a slowing down either. 
because uh, the Biden administration, what it has done is that uh, they've changed uh, designations. They've played word games. And so um, rather than, uh, than paroling people uh, on the basis of, uh, uh, of some kind of uh, that they, that they uh, were okay health-wise, paroling them on that, now they're just paroling them because they are families and everybody is claiming family status now. I mean, right. you know, we can clearly see in some cases that, that children are being abused, that children, that they're not their kids, but there's no DNA testing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so claiming families and claiming asylum, we're seeing, we're still seeing a huge number. Uh, I would say something like uh, 30,000 across uh, the entire border monthly. Wow, that's, a, that's remarkable. 30,000 times 12. That's almost 400,000 people. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, one last thing I wanted to say about the border, George. You probably heard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. be very critical. He came down to the border, and he was super, super critical of the Biden administration. He stood there. He made a video, and he stood there with people walking behind him. Uh, and he pointed out that this was a real humanitarian crisis. He spoke in a way that, you know, he's the only Democrat I know who's speaking, at least publicly that way, George. But that says to me that there's maybe a little bit more dissatisfaction with the border policy among Democrats than maybe we thought before, George. Well, what you've got to do is look at where Robert Kennedy grew up, Martha's Vineyard. They have not been happy that the aliens arrived in their backyard. Uh, he also represented a portion of suburban New York City. They have been very upset the past few uh, weeks that uh, the mayor of uh, New York is sending uh, migrants back out to his uh, out, out to their community. Um, all of a sudden, people are recognizing that uh, you know you can call it humanitarian, but where do you put these people? I mean, you're, you, they they are taking over uh, the uh, the homeless shelters. They already have a homeless problem. They're taking up. They're they're utilizing um, schools uh, in Chicago. They are actually staying in the police department. Uh, it, it it is just it it's just crazy. And uh, these stronghold Democrats of Democrat uh, Democratic Party, there's a rebellion. There's a rebellion. Well, I mean, if nothing else, this is a real problem for the budgets of many of these cities. Yeah. At a time, I mean, California has a $32 billion deficit, the state of California, $32 billion deficit that they're going to have to make up. And Los Angeles, that... Yeah, Los Angeles just declared itself a sanctuary community. So that means that, they, that the people are going to, that the migrants there are going to be qualified for all sorts of local uh, assistance and benefits. That's right. No, you're right. You're right. And so... They're going to get more of them. I guess the buses will continue. Yeah. That's what I, what I think. Well, George, yeah, well, that's it. That's it. George, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I hope that you enjoy uh, your week, and we will be in touch again. And as always, thank you so much for your input and for all the great information you, go, you give to us. What is your next uh, speaking uh, in fact, arrangement? In fact, this uh, this Wednesday, I will be in Yoakum, Texas, talking to the uh, ladies at uh, the uh, Yoakum Republican Party. 
Wow. Maybe we can get you and I am together for some tacos in Yoakum, Texas. All he has to do is uh, is email me or send me a send me a a, a, a message on on uh, on Facebook. Um, All right, there you have it. I am your friend is ready for tacos. He'll you know uh, so bring interesting you, conversation. That's right. Where is Yokum, Texas? Yokum, Texas is exactly um, about a hundred miles southeast of San Antonio. All right. Well, he says that he's close to San Antonio. So uh, so we can work this out. Uh, and then after you guys have your tacos, you got to tell me what they were like. <laughs> you got to give me a report on, on those tacos because hey, maybe I am will take me to got eat it. some tacos the next time I go to San Antonio. He'll take you and me you got to it. eat some tacos the next time. George, have a, great, uh, have a great week, and thank you again for your time. And it's always great to have you. It's always a great honor to have you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. All right. Thank you so much. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez uh, from South Texas, talking about a number of issues today. But most specifically, we spent a lot of time talking about the indictment of President Trump. And as I've said before, I've said uh, uh, in that interview that I had with Richard Baer of the American Thinker that we did on Saturday, the a special Saturday video that we did with Richard. Uh, in that uh, interview with him, I said the same thing I said to George. And that is that I recognize that President Trump made some mistakes in how he handled the documents. So did Hillary Clinton. So did uh, Joe Biden. So, yes, mistakes were made. And I think the solution to the problem is, is not to indict people and throw this into these crazy uh, indictments. The solution would have been to do a report and to simply send the Congress a report saying, look, there's confusion here. Why don't you guys clarify this and maybe update the law? And, 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 and clarify this uh, from now on so that future presidents know what to do or what not to do. So I think that would have been a solution, but the indictment just puts gasoline in the fire and things are just going to get more political and worse than they are right now. Have a great week, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Thank you, I am, for your comments, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.